Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, is a good coach, you know, and, and our, our coaches on offense are very smart. They're, they're, they're good at what they do. And uh, so I, I really think they came up with a really good plan that it's simple, you know, but it's also got enough uh, complexity to it. So it's not like, you know, just want this or that. And, uh, you know, you can do that really well with protections when you run the ball well. You know, because you don't get into past situations where they can pin their ears back, you know, in those passing situations, the second longs and the third and longers um, where they know what's going to be passed. Uh, so uh, I think running the ball and then obviously having some multiplicity in your protections is what it is all about. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Coach Matt Eberflus talking about how the Bears are going to approach the defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be an interesting game. It'll happen Sunday. 12 o'clock, I am going to be at JL's Pizza and Sports Bar with Fox 32 doing the post game. Myself, Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear, will be there. And then tonight, you can catch me on Fox as well. I will be, it's our TV show. Did you know we did the show? Bears Unleashed? Yeah, okay, Tyler. I was making sure. Bears Unleashed tonight after the news. Myself, Anthony Heron, Cassie Carlson, we get you up to date on everything that's happening with the Chicago Bears and talk a little bit about the game that's going to be happening. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now with our next guest joining me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. She covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for ESPN, NFL Nation, and does a variety of other things. So make sure you follow her on Twitter, Jenna uh, Lane ESPN. Jenna, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Gabe, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to talk to you for the first time. I was really excited we were able to get somebody on from Tampa. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I feel so loved. I feel the love. <laughs> of course. So t- t- talk to me about first, I'm more interested in the fan base of Tampa Bay. That- that's where I want to go first. After the-, <laughs> after the game against Minnesota, you see, you know, Baker Mayfield's a likable guy, especially if he's playing for your team. And so I'm curious just what the fan base is feeling after, you know, a, a really good week one. A little bit of mix of emotions, I have to say, because leading up to that game, if you remember Mike Evans, who is one of the longest tenured bucks that they have, and, and he's a fan favorite. He and his agent had given the bucks an ultimatum. Hey, if you don't give us a new deal, because this is his last year of his current deal, if you don't give us a new deal by September 9th, we are going to be done talking about this for the rest of the year. And then when free agency comes around, we're, we're going to look around and, and test the market. And so I got to tell you, uh, my family, they live about 45 minutes away here uh, from here. And my mom was texting me to tell me that our priest was extremely upset. And (laughs) that is not something you ever want to hear. You don't want to hear that your priest is upset. My mom was upset as well. So and my sister, oh, my poor sister, you know, who's actually met Mike Evans. uh, He's a wonderful guy. If you ever had a chance to 
to meet him, you know, between losing Ryan Jensen for the season with the knee injury. She loves Ryan Jensen. I think he's her spirit animal. Um, I think she wants to be Ryan Jensen at times with the way he's yeah. out there and forcing things out on the field. I, I think she has a little bit of offensive lineman to her. And then hearing the news about Mike Evans was just really upsetting for her. But, you know, I don't think a lot of, of Bucks fans came into the season with expectations, as you can imagine, because you go from having Tom Brady for sure. three years and and hoping for the Super Bowl every year and being spoiled by getting one the first year and then it's like the roster has seen so much turnover and you know I think the Bucks were very lucky to get Baker Mayfield the way they did on a deal that with a base of four million that goes to eight and a half million with incentives <laughs> considering that they're paying 35 million dollars to Tom Brady who's not even on the team right now this year uh. so I know a lot of Bucks fans didn't really enter the season with a ton of expectations, and they were pretty excited about being able to go to a place like Minnesota to win, which, as Bears fans know, that is not an easy place to play. Not at all. Very loud, um, but it was an excellent job. Got had a chance to watch the game twice. I don't, I'm a sick individual. Don't don't worry about me, Jenna. <laughs> but I watched the game twice. I do that, too. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Because I'm watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, because you, you you know most people they see the box score they go they try to but like there there's intricacies you got to figure out what the hell happened and it, and there there it was some bad play by the Minnesota Vikings right some bad turnovers some bad decision making but the Buccaneers were able to capitalize off that and and I'm actually just very excited to know that not only do we watch games twice but our group chats include our family members and and how rabid of fans they are because I'm from Chicago too so my my oh, my oh my god are you kidding me when people text and here's the thing. Like I'm sure, Jenna, you you feel the same way. Where you know you you look at things objectively with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're a reporter. You have to. And so, if you have any sort of opinion that deviates from what the fan base feels, it's like that's what I have to deal with when I'm talking about a Justin Fields or a DJ Moore. You know, getting 800 yards or Justin Fields throwing for 35. So I feel that. So I'm glad that you were able to bring that up. But you know, when you're looking at that game again, going back to it, you saw a team that has weapons on the outside in Godwin and Evans, and you have a gunslinging quarterback that has zero problem airing it out and taking chances. There's there's obviously some some issues with the running back situation, and even the, the running defense, I would say, would be another one that I would look at, and specifically from that game. But do you think that the coaching staff now, after having seen that game, like they're like, yeah, Baker, you have, you have the keys to the team. You, you've earned that right, and now this is yours. I think so. I think anytime you're able to go and win a game like that on the road and, and to come from behind. And that's, that's the thing too. I, this was my biggest question going into this year. Cause before Tom Brady came along, this team was notorious for blown leads. They, they would always find these ways to lose games. And when Tom came along, that all went away and he made, these guys believers. And it was like when the fourth quarter rolled around, it would be a tied ball game like they had in 2020 against the Saints in New Orleans. Granted, there were no fans, but it was in New Orleans and it was uh, the NFC divisional game. And the attitude was, we're not dying. And you wondered, can that continue with Tom not being here? Because he brought that belief. He he brought that belief um, throughout the team. You know, guys believed in each other. And that was something that their new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, said today. He goes, we got a team of winners. There was no panic on the sideline. Guys guys were calm about things. It's okay, next play. And, um, you know, something Mike Evans told me last week was his favorite quality of Baker's is that 
if he has a bad play, he just puts it behind him and is able to be really positive and, and just focus on on what's ahead. And, and to go from, you know, completing three of 11 passes to start the game for 12 yards um, to throwing a touchdown just before halftime was was I think really big for them. And I think once you kind of get that momentum going, your confidence does build. And um, the, the game plan felt kind of conservative. Um, I was also surprised they were throwing uh, as many pass attempts to tight ends, but it was because uh, the Vikings played a lot of cover too. I get it, but I just wasn't expecting Coquise to be the target yeah. <laughs> on those. He's, he's, probably, he's the least athletic tight end they have. And I don't think he, I don't think it'd be a surprise or he'd be upset at me if, if, if he heard me say that, you know, he's just more known as a blocking tight end, but he's not really the guy that that's known for that. That's why you have Kate Otten on the roster. And so I thought that was interesting, but they eventually got it together. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to be seeing them taking those deep shots that they took with Tom Brady, where it felt like every third down, they were just airing it out 20 plus air yards. Um, occasionally you'll, you'll see them go for those, but it's a lot of, of just kind of dinking and dunking with the pocket movements and a lot of bootlegs and rollouts, which, which can be great. Um, they, they had a quarterback that was 45 years old before that, you know, every time he would go to leave the pocket, you were pulling out a rosary and saying a couple of Hail Marys and just praying they don't go anywhere That's near the great, knees. <laughs> That's great. Because it's true. It's great because it's true. I mean, you, you had a guy who was who could just, you know, slice you to death with some short passes, but he did it from in the pocket, and that's most certain. We're talking to Jenna Lane uh, from ESPN here on 670 The Score. She covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has a wealth of information for us. Um, I'm curious what the conversations have been surrounding the Chicago Bears, um, you know, at at media days uh, leading uh, this week. You know, what what has been the concerns? What are people harping in on, whether it be the coaches or just, you know, media in general? It's all about Fields and the fact that he gives them a challenge that most quarterbacks in the NFL uh, just aren't giving you, and that's what he's able to do with his legs. I know that Bears fans are disappointed from from of the results from this past week, but um, you know they they know that they're in for a challenge. They know that their linebackers, you know Levante David and Devin White, are going to have a tall task ahead of them. Um, trying to get that guy down. Antoine Winfield Jr. as well. You know, he's going to have to be on his P's and Q's when it comes to that open field tackling. He's certainly got to be able to do that. And then on the other side of the ball, um, ball security has been really emphasized a lot this week because that was one thing they were talking about is that this Bears defense really just swarms to the ball. And, uh, you know, you, you got to be ready for that because they'll they'll swarm to it. And, uh, you know, that's um, that's when you see those, those balls come out and you saw that um, – it wasn't with with one defense, or it wasn't with two defenders. It was with one defender, but nonetheless, it, it happened with uh, Kate Otten, who I mentioned earlier. It, it happened with him. Uh, you know, he fumbled the ball against the Vikings, and I get it. It's week one, but you know that that can cost you. Um, it didn't cost them in this game. Um, rather, you know, those kinds of mistakes cost cost the Vikings. But you you'd certainly hope that uh, they. Uh, you know they're going to harp on on ball security a, a little bit more this week, but a lot of the talk though again centered centered around Fields, and you know I know that like of course you know I do my reading like everybody else, and I know that the uh, the the dialogue and, and the talk about Chase uh, Claypool hasn't been the greatest this week. I know there was talk about you know his blocking and things like that, but I just want to point out to Bears fans, and I, I I know we don't even know if he's going to play in this game, but he did have 96 yards, 96 receiving yards against this Bucks team. 
um, when he was with the Steelers this past season, um, when they when the Steelers beat the Bucks with a backup quarterback. Um, so uh, Mitch Trubisky of all backup hey, quarterbacks, hey, and he had a touchdown. <laughs> so let me just say, you know, maybe this is the game that he turns it around. And then of course, DJ Moore is a guy that they're awfully familiar with, and they know he's uh, he's certainly going to give him quite the challenge. And two, another thing, you know, the Bears talk about the an injured secondary this week. The Bucks have that too. They're going to be without their top cornerback and Carlton Davis. He's their most experienced guy. Sometimes he shadows team's number one wide receivers and so now they're gonna have to rely on second year Zion McCollum and that was one area going into this season aside from quarterback was okay their depth at corner has has definitely uh, they've lost some of it they lost Sean Murphy Bunting who was really a a capable starter although he was their their um, you know their third best kind of outside cornerback Uh, he went to the Titans in free agency they lost him and so um, their depth is going to be tested there and their nickelback um a rookie undrafted free agent by the name of Christian Isian, who actually intercepted um, uh, Kirk Cousins just before halftime. He had this great touchdown-saving interception um, right before halftime against the Vikings. He's in the concussion protocol, so we don't even know if he's going to play either, although Coach Bowles seemed to be pretty uh, optimistic that he could pass uh, the concussion protocol on Saturday. That was uh, – that, that, that turnover when he intercepted Kirk Cousins in the end zone before the half, that – Another one of those instances where you're like, you know, they felt like they were just taking the game for granted, the Vikings were. It was just really odd what, what happened. But you got to tip your cap to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, play good defense, got the job done. Um, you brought up a, a, a lot of good points, um, Jenna, where first you mentioned Justin Fields. You know, I I think the big issue that we have here in Chicago when it comes to Fields, and, and I've been talking about this, I mentioned it earlier when we were chatting, is that, you know, I just I just don't see him to be the guy that can target DJ Moore 10 times the way that a you know Carolina Panthers quarterback has done in the past, or even you know Chase Claypool, where you got to give give him the opportunity. I feel like Justin Fields is very hesitant in that in that sense, and so mm-hmm. I, I know they've been trying to to really just you know harp on that this week, like you know fifty fifty balls. They're they're called that for a reason. You got to give guys opportunities if they're in man coverage, and so I know we're going to see a little bit d- different from that um, perspective, and then from the running as well, like. You know, there weren't many design runs for Justin Fields last week. They had him throwing the ball 37 times. He didn't he didn't do that all at all last year, throw the ball over 30 times. So I think we as Bears fans are just curious, like, what is the game plan going to be for this Tampa Bay um, defense? Because that's all everyone is talking about, right? The defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, you mentioned it with Davis being out, you know, McCollum having to step in. You know, outside of that, Jenna, what would you say is the, the weakness of this Tampa Bay defense? You know, I, I had hoped they would get a little bit more of a pass rush going um, this past game, just because I, I look, I, I know that the Justin Jefferson is going to get his chunk yardage and he certainly did 150 receiving yards. Good luck stopping that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I would hope that they would maybe have a little more push up front. Um, you know, and I know Kirk Cousins is, is, a, a terrific quarterback and maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves, but um, you know, he was able to make his reads pretty quickly. However, I, I would like to see more, you know, getting him on the ground. Um, you know, you want to see those sack numbers go up and that's the thing too. You know, they last year when they lost sack, Shaq Barrett to a, a torn Achilles, which is it's incredible that he's back, you know, that he played in week one. Um, he suffered that injury in week eight against the, the Ravens this past year. 
incredible what he's done and incredible what he's had to deal with with his personal life with with the death of, of his two-year-old daughter Araya. so um but but you want to see takedowns um anthony nelson is a guy you want to see him continue to, to take some steps forward um i know they're excited about yaya diaby who is uh, a rookie out of university of louisville great story there he was a former um he was a former uh, juco guy so um you know they're, they're excited about him but just want to see more joe tryon shoyinka i know he uh got things going early with the first takeaway of the game. You know, he's a guy that Coach Bowles really wants to kind of get – he wants to see him get those sacks this year. You know, they, they don't have the same pass rush that they had when they had um, Barrett and then they had Jason Pierre-Paul on the other side. So I think that that's something that would – I'd really like to kind of see that a, a little bit more. I know that's going to be a little bit difficult this week because, again, you have a quarterback which who is so different than a lot of the other ones that they face. And, you know, I go back to games that they've had against a guy like Daniel Jones, who is not just in fields, but he's a guy that they've had difficulties, you know, when he gets outside the pocket. So uh, they've had trouble at times with, with some of these mobile quarterbacks. Well, fortunately for you, Jenna, the bears are adept at making defensive lines look amazing because their offensive line is not up to par. Uh, <laughs> and oh, so, man. So. I remember Brad Johnson, you know, and I still tell him to this day, I go, you did not have a lower back contusion in that Super Bowl. It was, and, and he did. He had a fractured fractured vertebrae in his back. I'm like, that was no contusion. I remember, though, he got pushed around a lot. So I've, I've, I've seen some, and I also remember, too, I was, I was there. I remember when, when Chris... Sims unfortunately lacerated his spleen. Oh. That was that was rough to watch. So I've I have seen some I've seen some uh, rough offensive line play, and I, I know I know the Bucks um, have had to remake their their offensive line yet again um, because of, of Ryan Jensen being out again this year. So and all the changes they've had. So that's that's been interesting to watch. But it's, it's but good to so hear this far, though. It hasn't been bad. Right, so and that hasn't, okay. hasn't been bad, which is more than we can say for the Bears. But it's so interesting. I, I love hearing this. I'm glad you're mentioning all these injuries because I think, you know, most teams or most fan bases, I just should say, you know, do operate in a bubble and don't understand that other teams are dealing with issues as well, right? Where the Bears are moving their center to guard at, at the moment, Cody Whitehair and, you know, Lucas Patrick is stepping in. And you're like, well, majority of teams in the NFL are dealing with these sort of issues. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you, you say that as well because. It adds a, a level of calmness to most of us. Um, let me ask you this before I let you go. Um, fill in the blank for me here, Jenna. All right, the Bears. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm terrible at ad libs. Oh, so. this is even this is good. This one goes. Okay. Let's see how this one goes. <laughs> the Bears will win this game if Tampa Bay can't. What? Hmm. The Bears will win this game if Tampa Bay can't. Oh. Stop. Can't get any turnovers. Okay. Okay. Trying to create. That, that sounds very basic. No. That sounds very basic. But but you know what? You look at last week and the the yardage was so tilted heavily in the Vikings' favor. Um, on paper, they should have won that game, but it was the turnover margin. You know, they had three turnovers, three takeaways. So that that was the difference maker there. And the Bucks also only had three penalties, which. It's a huge victory for them because they had 12 in their, their preseason opener. And this is a team that's notorious for, for having a lot of penalties. So, you know, they, uh, they really had to play a mistake-free game <laughs> to be able to get that victory. And, uh, you know, I, I know people talk about, oh, you know, home field advantage. Look, I'm, I think we're all expecting a lot of Bears fans to be there this weekend, too. Let's be real here. It's a, we know Chicago it's a, represents well in Tampa Bay. That, that we do know. Well, 
you know, and, and hey, I'm, you know, my, my grandfather is from the south side of Chicago. He's no longer with us. God rest his soul. But uh, I mean, I get it. You, you do have a lot of transplants for sure. So <laughs> well, it, it, it should be fun. It should be a fun game. It's, it's crazy to me how much these two teams continue to play each other. Um, it's it's just wild to me, despite not being in the same division. Yeah. Uh, I know Bucks fans don't miss that. Yeah, yeah from <laughs> those were uh, some memories. Uh, having to face Walter Payton twice a year was not something that Bucks fans were thrilled about. And we always miss the Dreamsicle jerseys too. So that's you know, the Dreamsicle. <laughs> is that what they're called? They've been upgraded from Creamsicle to Dreamsicle. Oh, are they not oh, Dreamsicles? Wow. I thought they were Dreamsicles. I thought that's Creamsicles. Creamsicles. Yeah, but okay. I tell you though, that shade of orange has. I don't care what anybody says. From what I remember in childhood, it's different now. It's it looks a lot. It's a little more of a tangerine now, so it's a little more palatable. But when I was younger, it was like, oh my gosh, I, I can't watch this. Like it was like a it it was like a bad scene in a movie, and you just didn't want to watch it. It was terrible. Uh, well, it was a bad dream for dreams to come uh, in that it was moment. A very bad dream. Jenna, yes. I appreciate you hanging out with me. You were absolutely fantastic. I look forward to having you on again because, as you mentioned, the Bears play Tampa all the time. So I hope I can get you on next time as well. But thanks so much for your time. Sounds good. Thanks a bunch. Great talking to you. Jenna Lane from ESPN. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at Jenna Lane ESPN. Some fantastic stuff right there from Jenna. All right. We're going to continue on the Buccaneers train. Baker Mayfield and the fellas had themselves some fun after last week's victory against the Minnesota Vikings. I know they're supposed to be our enemy, but you got to laugh a little bit when the guys come up with something interesting. What hip hop artist did they try to weave into their post game press conference on Sunday? We'll play the clips after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Leading you right into Cubs baseball. First pitch, 8.40 p.m. And pregame begins at 8.05. Today, Cubs are taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Pat and Ron got the call. Mike Esposito on the pregame. Make sure we throw it out to Espo. Espo's so cool. I was listening to his pregame, like listening to him do pre and post. Where me, I'm like, don't mess this up. <laughs> I'm like trying to be super buttoned up. And Espo is like, bruh, lemonade or sweet tea sitting next to him with a cigar. He's chilling. Makes me feel good. 
So I realized I gotta I gotta pull I gotta draw mine back a little bit. I gotta go somewhere in between Espo and Zach Zaidman when I do that. Cause I'm I'm a little little too much Zach trying to emulate him and I, I gotta, you know, chill a little you, bit. You want your own rhythm and your own Yeah. Rhythm. You know what it is? The, the, both those guys have way more reps than I do, right? So like Zach, he's a machine. Like literally a machine. The fact that you can call games and do pre and post, like it's just insane. And then Espo, you know, he's been doing this for years. Right, doing pre and post for Cubs, and so when I get on again, I am just trying not to. Let's be very clear: I am a Sox fan doing Cubs pre and post. So what I am trying not to do is m- m- deviate from the norm at all. I do not need any text messages like Gabe. That was not funny, you know. So I just try to stick to the business. Cubs baseball pregame, boom, facts. Espo loves the Cubs and is in his old world, and he will get you at eight oh five. Uh, leading you into that first pitch, all right? Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez. It is 670, the score. And I mentioned before the break that, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you have a, if you have, regardless of the sport, if your locker room is a fun one where people feel good, you're probably going to be winning some games because people want to play for each other. They want to feel good. You just heard Jenna Lane say that Mike Evans is a huge fan of Baker Mayfield. That feels good. And then in their post game. Three Buccaneers players, including Baker Mayfield, had themselves a little competition to see how many Drake lines they could throw into their post game. It's first game, had juices flowing, so uh, yeah, nothing was the same. Yeah, three of eleven. Talk about starting from the bottom right there. Um, the motto for us is resilience right now. Like Justin Fields, right? Like he's out there running around, like he's doing like a little like Chicago like freestyle. And we can't go out there just you know messing around or thinking it's a walk in the park or, you know, even like, you know, Chicago freestyling. We, you know, we understand that, but it's like regardless of like the views that they give us. Yeah, my views on it were uh, just nonstop. He was just already on it. I mean, I think it's that nonstop mentality. We saw, you know, a couple of players like Baker scrambling, right? And it looks like there's nothing there. He turned nothing into something. The headline should read that Chris Godwin makes a great catch on third and 10. Uh, yeah, yes, indeed, I did. Definitely wasn't uh, the best game I ever had, but it was awesome to see, you know, um, all my dogs and all of us in there. Have After a road win like that, uh, we should have a lot of crew love and the fans right there. Team as a group all together, just owning it. The expectations for that O-line compared to how they played, uh, furthest thing from the reality. I mean, how good is that? How good is that? Uh, think about a Bears locker room where they're doing that. You think they're doing that? No. We get we get these little questions that, that they put up on social media, you know, where they, they come in from practice and then it's like, you know, Wings or flats. Once every couple weeks that comes out. Yeah, you get like one of those. And like the guys seem really cool when they do that. You could tell there's some camaraderie there. But like imagine, like, I guess I'm, I'm jealous. I'm envious. I want, I want, you know, not DJ Moore. He seems a little too serious. I want like uh, Darnell Mooney, Khalil Herbert, and Justin Fields. Jalen Johnson's Jaylen very Johnson. outgoing too. Yeah, he'd do that. Yeah, you're right. But I would want three of them to be like, hey, we're going to try to throw in some. I mean, it's just so cool. And it's Drake. It's like so jelly. By the way, Baker Mayfield kind of rolled over everyone in that competition. Oh, well, he won by one. Oh, did he? Yeah, he only won by one. Got it. Okay. So another guy, like he started rattling them off and throwing throwing them in there. It was him. It was Godwin. And I couldn't recognize the other player that was in there. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I only pay attention to the Bears, to be very honest. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, let's play some uh, some audio from Olin Krutz. Olin was on 
uh, with Parkins and Spiegel today. And he had some, some pretty interesting things to say about this Bears team. Reminder that tonight, after the news at, uh, on Fox 32, Bears Unleashed is going to be airing. Myself, Anthony Heron, Cassie Carlson, going to keep you up to date with everything that's happening with the Chicago Bears. We even That's what we, we recorded already. Sorry, I hate to be a spoiler, guys. We recorded it today at 1 o'clock. And, but we mentioned like the Josh Blackwell thing. A lot of people thought he was going to take over for Kyler Gordon this weekend. He's dealing with some injuries. So we talk about that, talk about a bunch of other stuff. But today, 10 o'clock, take a picture and tag me, bro. Like if you see me, especially if you're at a bar, that's my favorite. Tyler, that's the only time people tag me in pictures for Bears Unleashed. No one's ever at home watching Bears Unleashed. They're always at a bar and it says Bears, so they put it on the TV and then it's me. We got to change that trend. Yeah. And we do got to change that trend. So today, 10 o'clock, Bears Unleashed. Make sure you check it out on Fox 32. Then Sunday, myself, Corey Wooten, Miller Lite Brewing View. We're going to be at JL's Pizza in Johnsburg. Make sure you guys come hang out with us over there so you can see. I mean, don't you want to see Corey Wooten? It's going to be great. Oh, wait. Sorry. Not JL Pizza. We're going to be at, wait a second, Halftime Bar and Grill in Johnsburg. My bad. Halftime Bar and Grill in Johnsburg. Come hang out with me, Corey Wooten, and go watch the Bears game. All right, speaking of former players, Olin Krutz was on with Parkinson Spiegel earlier today. And I'm going to play a couple of cuts, but this one this one stood out to me, and and it was that, you know, I talked to Hub earlier, Hub Arcus earlier on the show, and he said, hey, man, we, we, we got to wait till week three to panic or to, like, judge the team. But Olin Krutz had a little different approach to that. Yeah, sure it is, because – you were hoping that it was the Bears' era, right? That's what everybody was so excited about uh, going into Sunday's game against the Packers. And uh, they finally didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And we had our up-and-coming superstar. And we were about to take that next step. And it was going to be the Chicago Bears' time to dominate the rivals, uh, the Green Bay Packers. And it didn't happen that way. And not only did it not happen that way, uh, we looked really bad, the Chicago Bears. Uh, looked really bad on the field. And the Green Bay Packers, who, if you go through their roster man for man, uh, you don't think they're that that good of a team. You think they're kind of an average football team, but they sure outplayed the Chicago Bears on Sunday. I, I, I've been trying to think about this and, and watching the game again and saying to myself, what am I more upset about? And it most certainly is the poor performance of the Chicago Bears. Like, I can care less about Jordan Love and, you know, him beating the Bears and, and oh, Aaron Rodgers got – that's like number seven on my list of things that I'm concerned about. Watching that Bears game, especially in the first half, I just remember turning to Corey. I just told you, you know, we do the post game on Fox. Well, we watched the game together. And I turned to Corey at the end of the first half, and I was like, yo, that's six points is not good enough. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this, this, is, this is bad. Six points after everything we heard about this offense – you know, and you're down 10-6 going into the half, and it wasn't like the team was just significantly better than you. It's just that you were that bad. And so that was my issue with the Bears. So when there's like is a panic, it's like, yeah, because DJ Moore was supposed to get me, a, you know, from, from the beginning. It's not like you were facing the Buffalo Bills in week one and you crapped the bed and now we're like, oh, you know, hey, everybody just chill out. It was the Buffalo Bills. You play the Green Bay Packers. This is the team that will be below 500 at the end of the season. They will be below 500 at the end of the season. And you were exposed by them? Not without their top receiver. Without their top receiver and Christian Watson, right? I think you were just ultimately outcoached. 
right? So when, when I have a panic that's settling in, it's because the Bears gave up 28 points in the second half. What happened to my halftime adjustments, right? You're getting outcoached. That's why I was pan- that's why I'm panicking. The, the, Justin Fields doesn't look like a top 15 quarterback. 12. I'll go down to 12. Look at me, still biased. Oh, so disgusting how much of a fan I am. Justin Fields did not look like that. The running game didn't look inspired. It, it's just all around it was an issue, and, and you say to yourself, yeah, I feel like I am panicking a little bit. Mark Grody, when he and I were talking during the offseason, he's like, Gabe, Bears end up three and five after eight games. There's going to be panic here. I'll never forget this conversation because I thought he was out of his mind. I said, Grody, what are you talking about? No one's expecting the Bears to make the playoffs. So if they have an underwhelming season, it's still going to be better than last year. They're going to have seven victories. He's like, oh, Gabe, if the Bears end up, you know, seven and ten, people are going to be upset. I said, no, I said, crazy. I literally looked him in the face and said, you're crazy. Bears get seven victories, everyone's going to be happy. Because then next year, you can, you know, feel as though you can build towards a playoff appearance. But here I am, panicking after one game. Because I'm like, how are they going to get to seven victories? After the first game, I'm thinking to myself, Bears are going to get the number one pick in the draft. It was unreal. Like, that's what I thought about on Sunday as I was watching the game against the Packers. As the Bears are putting up, or Bears are giving up 14 in the third, 14 in the fourth, inability to, to move the ball down the field. And all I'm saying to myself is, Bears might mess around and, <laughs> and get the first pick in the draft again. Oh, my God. Sickening. Well, Olin Cruz continued. Um, and he tried to pinpoint something very specific about the Bears when talking about the problems, right? Because I say it often. It's not always about the problem. We got to find the solution. Well, I don't know how we're going to find the solution for this problem. When you watch their their film, guys, honestly, uh, even if you take all the emotion out of it, if you're just watching their film as a former football player, the first thing you come away with is, do these guys have a culture problem? It looks like guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It looks like some guys are not playing as hard as they're supposed to be playing, and nine the spots they're supposed to be in. And there's not, a, I mean, not everybody on that team, but a lot of the guys you can see, like, what's going on in that locker room, who's the leaders is what you come away thinking. So uh, when I hear the play-by-play guy say, well, Ryan Pose says they're only 75% there, uh, at some point they got to knock that off, right? It's, at some point uh, it's time for this team to take a step. At some point it's not, well, you know, we didn't have a lot of players. Well, yeah, well, you trade away Roquan Smith, you trade away Khalil Mack, you trade away, trade away Robert Quinn, and then you threw your hands up and said, we don't have talent. Uh, that kind of stuff I don't understand. So at some point, the guys you drafted, the guys you brought into the building, we want to see this this franchise moving in the right direction. And what we saw Sunday, it was only one game, and obviously we're all going to overreact because it was the Green Bay Packers, and it brings some emotions out of us that we probably shouldn't have in week one. But it just seems like a bigger game. But at some point, we got to see you move in the right direction. I remember uh, when I was in New Orleans, uh, Sean Payton told me that Bill Parcells wanted to tell me something. He wanted to tell me he didn't have to see it all the time, but he damn well has to see it. And I, I, right there, I thought to myself, well, I guess he hasn't seen it yet, but, but that was my problem. 
the Chicago Bears problem is we want to see it at some point, you moving in the right direction. I love what he said there. At some point, you can no longer be a team that is, you know, trying 70 to 75% complete. At some point, you have to move on from that. Or at, and then I, I, the follow-up is at what point? At what point do you say, okay, we're finally here, guys. We're, we're ready to compete. We're ready to be judged. Wouldn't there be a different mentality if you came in and say, yeah, you know, you're trying to win. That's a great point about Olin Cruz. I love that he said that. All right, I'm uh, going to take a phone call right here. Matthew uh, from downtown. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself. Going to have yourself a good Friday night here. Uh, what do you got to say about my Packers? You don't like my Packers statement, Matthew? What's up with that? Uh, you know what? Here, here's what I would say. If you look at the Packers and the Bears from last year, I think we all agree the Packers were better than the Bears last year. Not just at the quarterback position. Their offensive line was better than our offensive line yeah, last every, year. Every, every team was better than the Bears because the Bears had the number one pick in the draft. Worst team in the NFL. So, this, so that goes without saying. So, so, so check this out. So on Sunday, all of that still existed. Their offensive line and their defensive line was better than our offensive line and defensive line from last year, and that's where they won the game. Bottom line, they won the game at the line of scrimmage. We lost the game at the line of scrimmage. Now, we can talk about uh, did Justin make the throws and and stuff like that, but our play calling, right, here's what Green Bay did. They sat back in a zone all game, and all of their defensive players faced Justin Fields, right? Now, you can, we can say that Justin can't throw against a zone, or we can say that your offensive coordinator didn't scheme against a zone. All right, but answer me this, Matthew. What percentage? Because it sounds like we're we're giving. It sounds like you're giving Justin Fields a pass. What what percentage of blame oh. is is on Justin Fields? That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. What percentage of blame is on Justin Fields? I, I would I would I would damn near put about thirty to forty percent on Justin because what what Olin Cruz was just talking about is culture that comes from the coaching. Was your team amped up? Was your team mentally ready? Were they emotionally ready? Did they play? You, If you're a good coach, you get your players playing above their pay grade. You get them on 10. We know. Here's what we know about Justin Fields. He's a world-class athlete, and he belongs on the field with the best of the players, right? That's not our issue. Then we have the rest of the group doing what they're doing. I, I looked at an abridged version of the uh, All-22 there were throws that Justin could have made. He couldn't step into because he didn't have clean feet, but he still probably should have tried to do it. But at the end of the day, we lost the game coaching. We weren't amped up emotionally, and our offensive and defensive line did nothing. You're absolutely right, Matthew. You're absolutely right, and you bring up some great points. I'm glad that you – backpedaled a little and gave Justin Fields some of the blame, 30 to 40%. That's a lot. But I agree with you. The play calling was trash. There's no doubt about that. Anyone with two eyes can see that. I think most certainly, the, you know, in the trenches, the Bears did not perform well on either side of the ball. But uh, that is frustrating. I'm telling you, though, Justin Fields, you said he's, you know, super athletic, should be on the field. But if he is, he looks like Josh Dobbs. 
Can't say it enough. I know you said you watched the All-22, Matthew. Go watch the All-22 of Arizona and tell me if you feel like you're looking at Justin Fields in a different jersey. I'm telling you that's what you're getting. But I think we all hope that he ends up performing well. All right, uh, leading you into pregame. Cubs pregame, 8.05. Mike Esposito got you there. Pat and Ron got the call. First pitch, 8.40 right here on 6.70. The score. I'll wrap up with some final thoughts after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez on 6.70. Now it's 1-2. and two. And the pitch. Fly ball, center field and deep. Back goes Tottenham on the warning track. Leaps up. Did he make the catch? He did. What a play. Tottenham took a home run away from Burleson. Cubs win the ball game. A fantastic catch by Mike Tockman. Jumping up, putting his glove over the top of the center field fence and pulling it back. What a finish. This ball is a straightaway center. Tockman's glove goes over the wall into the grassy knoll and straightaway center pulls the ball back <laughs> to end the game here at Bush Stadium. Wow. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Got to show Mike Talkman some love. Back in the lineup today. That was from back in July. Game-winning catch against St. Louis. What a call by Pat and Ron there. The duo will be together again in the booth. First pitch, 840 p.m. Right here on 670 The Score. Mike Esposito has your pregame at 805. That happening that's happening in just a second, uh, but it is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. And before I get into the lineup and some thoughts that I have on the game, I, I just want to remind people that it is Mexican Independence Weekend. Y déjame decirte que los mexicanos, bro, they are out there. Like right now, we just saw fireworks in our downtown studios. It's 750, and... Like, there is bumper-to-bumper traffic on Michigan Avenue right now. We can see we're on Michigan and Lake. And it is bumper-to-bumper traffic. It is absolutely chaotic out there. We just saw some fireworks. I saw a police officer doing a U-turn. All that to say, just avoid downtown if you can. If you don't have to go downtown, don't. But if you're Mexican, bring your ass downtown because the reality is, wait, I can't cause pandemonium. Don't do that. I'm not going to say to do that. What I'm going to say is, People are gathering somewhere, and you might want to figure out where that is if you're Mexican and you're riding around the city. Because, it, And it's going to be all weekend long. Let's be very clear. Today, tomorrow, Sunday, casi lunes también, like Monday too, it's going to be, everybody's going to be bien pedo. It's going to be drunk, everybody out there. So it's going to be crazy. Um, so yeah, be careful. Just wanted to tell you guys that. Shout out to Lower Record Drive, though. That's where I'm going to be heading home on, all right? Um, Cubs today send out Justin Steele, 16 and three on the season, 2.49 ERA. He's going up against Brandon Fat, one and eight on the season with a 6.25 ERA. The over under in this one's sitting at 10 and a half. And that's a tricky one because you're like, Justin Steele's not going to give up a ton of runs. But when you're looking at the opposing pitcher, Brandon Fat, who looks like a baby, by the way, he's given up three, four, six, two, zero. Three, four, one, three. That's his last 10 games, how many uh, runs he's given up. So maybe a good game to bet the under. Justin Steele on the mound. Cubs looking to play some great defense, tighten things up after dropping two out of three to the Rockies. I could see them playing a a well-executed game. And Justin Steele hopefully, you know, going seven or eight and holding down the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
The lineup in this one, as I mentioned, Mike Talkman getting the uh, getting the start today at for, at, uh, at the top of the order. Nico Horner circling back at number two. Mike Talkman, let's go there for a second. Let's just live there for a second. Um, people were calling him the Palatine Pounder, and I am a hundred percent against that name. It's just inappropriate. I don't want to say it. I'm not here for it. So I had to come up with another one because, as I mentioned before. Um, I am about solutions, not problems. So I, I think I'm calling him the Palatine Poppy. Okay, I'm glad they got a chuckle out of Tyler Ferengo. Well, J.D., I think you nicknamed him the Palatine Pounder. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I'll tell you why not. <laughs> uh, for the exact reason why you giggled. And if you know why he giggled, then you know why I'm talking about this and why I don't like the name. So, again, the Palatine Poppy leading off today for the Cubs. Uh, in the two spot, you got Nico Horner. Uh, and Mike Talk was playing center field, by the way. So look out for that late-game replacement uh, by Pete Carr Armstrong. You could see him uh, getting in there uh, potentially as well. Uh, Nico Horner batting second, playing second. Happer in that three-hole. I know everybody's excited about that. Cody Bellinger is your cleanup guy today playing first. Dansby Swanson. Obviously, your shortstop at the five spot. Say Suzuki's your DH today. A crowded outfield, the Cubs do. Rossi doing a good job of getting everybody playing time. Christopher Morrell is going to be in right. Jan Gomes is going to be catching today for Justin Steele. And then Nick Madrigal continuing to play effective baseball at the hot corner, filling in for Jamer Candelario. And, hey, making it worth it. It's going to be a great one today as the Cubs... Look to get back on track against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I know we're all hoping for a victory in this one, uh, but the Cubs have a tough schedule coming up. doesn't get any easier for the Cubs. Three games set against the Arizona Diamondbacks starting today. Then they have a day off Monday, and then they get three against Pittsburgh, three against Colorado again. But the the end of the month, three against Atlanta, three against Milwaukee. It's going to be a tough one. That That's for certain. Let me get my wrap-up. Let me get my wrap-up music. Porque tengo que ir. I gotta go. Wifey wants me to help put down the kids. Don't forget, 10 o'clock, Fox 32, Bears Unleashed. Myself, Anthony Heron, Cassie Carlson. You can catch me on there at 10 p.m. And then the post game, most certainly on Sunday on Fox 32. Gotta thank my guests today uh, Jenna Lane from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Hub Arkish. Also gotta thank my producer, Tyler Farengall. Baby T. I said that's his, that's his radio name. Who gave you that name? It was me. But he got to bang his hat to the side. How old is Baby T? You look young, by the way. 22. Oh, wow. You know you're young when you give your age freely. <laughs> that you do. Don't forget to drop the music when you're playing that clip, because then you got double in there. We did it yesterday, too. All right? Mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time. I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.